When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, we're going to get to know Siri's dad. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. My name's Abu. My name is Brett. And Brett, you are making your Lore Party hosting debut. Maiden Voyage. Oh, yeah. Static. <laughs> Talk about some Witcher. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about your love of The Witcher, because you're a huge fan, right? Yeah, I got into it very late. I actually only started playing the games right before the Blood and Wine expansion came out and knew nothing about the background, knew nothing about the books, nothing about anything. And then, you know, because the game is just unbelievable, just absorbed everything that I could after it. And it really is beyond just like a gameplay thing. It really is just incredible storytelling from a video game perspective and from a book perspective as well. Yeah, both of which we're going to get into on this episode, which I'm extremely excited about. Yeah, there is a lot to unpack and just a treasure trove. And so to get started on what we have today is really exciting. Oh, yeah. We're going to take a look at Siri and Amir, the connection that the two share, their past, their present, their future, how those intertwine and what the two characters mean to each other. And the choices, honestly, that they make that affect each other's lives in huge, monumental ways. So before we get too far into it, like you were saying, there's so much to unpack here. I think it's important for both of us to lay the groundwork and sort of explain who these characters are very briefly. We're assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, you know something about The Witcher. So let me start off by doing a little bit of background history on who Siri is. She's honestly the chosen one in every single way possible she has the elder blood she's the daughter of pavetta who's the princess of sintra which is a kingdom in the north she is tied to Geralt, and she gets trained in, in the ways of the witchers so there's so much power so much history revolving around siri but i think the most important part of siri when it comes to the discussion today and as it relates to emir is the fact that there's a prophecy that says that Siri will have a child that will rule half the world and that Siri and her children will have some part to play in stopping the white frost, which is the giant world-ending calamity in the world of the Witcher. Emir was the heir to the Nilfgaardian throne and his father was overthrown. And long story short, he goes to Sintra on Pavetta's 15th birthday tells Queen Calanthe and all them, like, no, you people over here trying to claim her hand, there's no point in doing that because we're already together. At which point then, Calanthe then lets Pavetta choose. Pavetta chooses him, and they're together. They eventually have a kid. That kid is Siri. Again, 
really getting quick on this. Eventually, a mage named Vilgefortz comes to Sintra, tells Emir, hey, there's this prophecy where her kid is going to be needed to save the world. Emir goes, okay, I'm going to go back to Nilfgaard. I'm going to retake the throne. So he has a grand idea with, again, Vilgefortz that will fake the death, make a ship seem like it's, or actually sink the ship, but have Emir, Pavetta, and Siri escape. Pavetta gets wise to it, sends Siri away, and in an argument, if you will, Pavetta is pushed over the side, she drowns. Emir does escape and takes the Nilfgaardian throne. And that basically sets the stage for the rest of the story. Emir is the leader of the Nilfgaardians. He takes back that throne. And Siri is then raised by her grandmother because her mother dies tragically. Siri doesn't know the truth of that story yet. She will eventually come to learn it. But for now, all she knows is that her mother and father went out on a boat for some reason and drowned in a storm. Eventually, Siri learns the truth of who Amir is. She learns that he is her father. Amir has been hunting her down for various reasons that we're going to get into. But that essentially gets us caught up and sets the stage for the events that take place in the books and eventually the events that take place in the Witcher games. My daughter, Cyrilla, she's returned and she's in danger. The wild hunt pursues her. You will find her and bring her to me. For a character like Emir, while he is a big character, he's definitely not a main character. And he's really not in it as much as I remembered. But in the books, you kind of get to see like, okay, he did cause the death of his wife. And he caused the death of the people on the ship. And he caused the deaths of tens of thousands. As his wars simply were to get Ciri back. Um, we kind of glossed over the slaughter of Sintra where he first decides, I'm going to go get Siri back, and he literally goes and... So he burns the, the kingdom to the ground, yeah. Casual. For all intents and purposes, yeah, he does. <laughs> to get his daughter, so it's like, oh, he wants his daughter back. It's like, well, does he want his daughter back, and does he want his daughter to be safe, or does he want the future of the Nilfgaardian Empire? Does he really care about the future of everybody, or is it just how convenient that the future of the world rests upon the future of the Nilfgaardian Empire... And his progeny. Yeah, and we should we should peel back the layers of that a little bit because we're we're blasting through so much lore, but I think it's important for us to sort of make sure that we keep our game Amir and our book Amir separate, right? Yeah, because there's for sure. actually quite a few inconsistencies. Yeah, in the books for sure that the biggest change that C D Project Red left out was he was trying to find her because he was going to have a child with her. My God. But with the games, does he want his daughter back for safety? Because the Wild Hunt is chasing her, and he knows that. And Geralt knows the Wild Hunt's chasing her because right before he meets Emir, he's attacked by them. But at the same time, it's also when you, Geralt first meets Emir, he says, or Geralt asks, why do you care? Why do you want her back? And he just says, reasons of state. Like, he doesn't show his hand. He doesn't try to have any fatherly love. He just says, reasons of state. So tell me why you're looking for her. Doubt it's about making up for all those lost years. For reasons of state, as always. Right, totally cold, calculating, detached. There's not any humanity to... None the... at all in that first meeting. Exactly, none, none at all. 
in that like first interaction that Geralt has with Amir. And I think throughout The Witcher, I, I honestly can't remember a single moment in The Witcher 3. Like, Siri goes back and talks to him at a later point in the game, too. And even then, he comes off really cold and calculating. The only time that I can say, and it depends on the ending you get, you know, I don't even remember exactly how many there were, but if you get the ending where, I guess it's actually both of them, because when Geralt tells Emir, look, she went in this portal and she didn't come back, she's dead, he does seem genuinely saddened, and I'll actually oh, give wow. him the benefit. I didn't, I didn't get that ending. I didn't realize that conversation happened. Well, even in the, the good ending where you fake Ciri's death, Geralt lies and says, like, she's uh, dead yeah. and she saved it. And he goes and he sits down and he's he looks distraught. And I truly don't believe that he's distraught because, oh, no, my heir isn't coming in. I think it is. Maybe he just felt he failed her and his lifetime of causing all this suffering, including being responsible for the death of his wife and then indirectly being responsible for the death of Ciri by driving her away. It truly saddens him. And he tells Geralt, leave. I never want to see you again. Basically, you will remind me of her, of everything. Go away. Speak. Siri is dead. How did it happen? The white cold. You're familiar with the prophecy? Siri tried to stop it. She did, but paid the ultimate price. Where is the body? I doubt it'll ever be found. If there's nothing else... There is, but you may go. Witcher, I do not wish to see you ever again. So let me ask you this then. Do you think his response earlier to Geralt, him just saying, oh, I need to find her because reasons of state, do you think that's just Amir putting on a front? Like there's more to it there, even in the game, than we realize? No, it could, it could definitely be that way. When you go back to the ending of the books... When Emir finds those three, Siri, Yen, and Geralt, and he's about to take her and he's about to kill those two, he probably looks at her going, man, Geralt, this guy is a much better father. Again, we're, this is pure speculation. You know, We're giving him the full benefit of the doubt. We really but, are. But he might look at that and be, I do care about her. She is my daughter. And this man, this witcher, has really put himself or put her ahead of him throughout his entire life. So maybe, just maybe, he's a little bit jealous. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm f- fully on board with that theory. I like the idea of Emir being more human in that way. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot that can be pulled back about his feelings for her and for Geralt. But I do believe in the games and in the books especially, ultimately that he does care about her in the sense that he does want her to be happy. He would just rather her be happy as the Empress of Nilfgaard. Right, right. And you actually bring up a good point. In the books, I'm pretty sure that he had every intention of never telling Ciri that he was actually her father. And he intended on marrying her and impregnating her and gross incest shit was about to go down in Namir's mind. That was the plan because he wanted to essentially give birth to the next 
emperor of Nilfgaard. He needed an heir to the throne, but he also wanted to fulfill the prophecy of the child that would rule half the world and stop the White Frost. Yeah, we're def- at least I was definitely under the impression that up until he actually came face to face with Siri, his intent was marrying her and fulfilling all of that. And I think you could also look at it as one of those human things where it's, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then once you're actually faced with that, it's, oh, this is real life. This is a real life person. And it does become a little different. That all takes place in the book. In the game, I think another factor that we haven't really dived into yet is the wild hunt and the white frost. That's a huge part of the games. I think the books and the games take two radically different approaches to series ultimate place in the universe, what the prophecy for her means, and what her role is in the in the story overall. In the books, like we said, Emir's ultimate goal was to marry his daughter, yada, yada, yada. But in the games, it's more about defeating the White Frost and saving the world, and like we said earlier, for reasons of state, so that she can become the Empress of Nilfgaard, and he can continue his rule, and his family can continue their rule in Nilfgaard. So the priorities there are quite different. And I think the Wild Hunt plays a much bigger role in the games than it does necessarily in the books. Yeah, the the Wild Hunt, beyond like even the aesthetics, their looks, the way they're described, the way they travel. Yeah, the Wild Hunt is drastically different. Uh, I think they're more seen as we need a stereotypical like big bad villains because yeah, you know, I was just spe- thinking that Imlarith, all of them, all three of them in the games, their their armor is just massive. I mean, they're incredibly imposing. Where in the books, they're, you know, they're elves. You know, elves aren't, don't look as broad shoulders. They're not ever massive plate armor, you know, attacking like that. (laughs) But I do think a lot of that was just, hey, we need this wild hunt. It really needs to be something that not only drives the story forward, but makes it an immediate threat. Because the notion of the White Frost was not an immediate threat right then it's more of yo this is going to happen way in the future so for the witcher 3 to put that immediate threat it was make the wild hunt right on their heels they're about to invade you know they decimate care moran exactly yeah the game i think cd project red realized that a triple a title a massive blockbuster game that they were releasing needed a clear-cut antagonist for the people that aren't like you and i and obsessed with the lore and dive into the all the intricacies of it for the casual player who's just going to be enjoying the witcher 3 for what it is it's nice to sort of have that clear cut these are the bad guys they look like the bad guys they act like the bad guys these are the folks that i need to be defeating to beat the game all of that is a bit more streamlined in the game world than it is in the books themselves so that does you're right it does take away some of the nuance of the wild hunt and essentially these like majestic ancient elves that live in an alternate world that entire subplot is essentially scrapped for the game just to sort of streamline series story and to streamline emir's motivations for finding siri his motivations in the game really do just come down to making sure nilfgaard has an heir and making sure that the world exists and the Wild Hunt is defeated, and the White Frost is defeated. Ultimately, I think both versions probably work in their own way. Is there a version that you prefer more? I mean, it's. I think they handled them both very well. 
It's one of those, you know, I equate, until the Witcher TV show comes out, I equate the games as, say with like Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones has the books and the TV show. The Witcher has the books and the games. They're both very different because they're both not coming from the original authors. Uh, with Game of Thrones, the TV show, that's not George R. R. Martin's vision, especially right now, not at all. And yeah, famously not these last two seasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's be, they're beyond the books. They kind of have to do their own thing. And right. famously, uh, Andre Sapkowski, the author of the Witcher books, you know, signed away all the rights, thinking you know, video games. Who the hell plays video games? Who had you know, who does all this other stuff? And so CG, Pro- uh. Uh, yeah, so CD Projekt Red has full, you know, they can do whatever they want, and they take place after the books. But they can go back and you know, retroactively change certain things, like not including. Emir wanting to marry Siri, and so they can make yeah they can make the wild hunt these big bad because again the aesthetics were fantastic those suits of armor are incredible so cool yeah so we've talked about a lot of Emir's motivations so far but I wanted to flip the table a little bit what do you think Siri's opinion of her dad is at this point what sort of hints do you think the game gives us as far as Siri's opinion because I don't think we get a whole lot of that I don't remember a lot of series interactions in the books with her dad it really is that final scene that we've described already where she tears up when she finally gets captured by Amir and he lets her go in the game we do get a couple more scenes of Siri and her father interacting but there's really not a whole lot to work off of as far as established lore on how Siri views her dad how do you think if you were to speculate how do you think Siri views her true father well, and again, when you it's a branching story, so depending on the branches you chose can change what it is. So, for instance, say you decided to bring Siri to Emir. We don't get to see Siri in Emir meet, but after Geralt speaks with Muvran Vuris, the Nilfgaardian general, Siri comes out angry, saying, "Oh, if he thinks he can buy me, he's crazy." And Muvran's like, "Oh, hello, my lady." You know, she's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, whatever." And, you know, Geralt's just like, oh, what is it? Like, what did he say? And she's basically says he made an absurd offer. And what I think that is, and they never explained it in the games unless I really missed something. And I think with that absurd... No, I think you're right. I think that's it. The conversation never moves on from there. Yeah. And I think with that absurd offer, it can kind of be like, hey, you book readers, that absurd offer, that can be them getting married. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, but they never have to hit on it. And if you don't know anything about it, that will never cross your mind. What I think it is, is the absurd offer was for Siri to marry Muvran, the general right there. Because Mm. even when he's like, hey, I'd like to, you know, we can see each other again. And she goes, well, that makes one of us. (laughs) Geralt, we're leaving. So nice to see you, my lady. Likewise. Time we were on our way. A shame you can't stay. I hope to continue this on another occasion. That makes one of us. Well? If he thinks he can buy me, he is sorely mistaken. He offer anything specific? Yes, very specific. And thoroughly absurd. Sorry, I don't want to talk about it. Not now, at least. Won't pressure you. When you're ready, let's go. Well, speaking of Siri and her motivations and her thoughts on her father, one thing that I did want to mention, I think a defining characteristic of Siri throughout her life 
is that she's wanted by so many different parties in the world of The Witcher. And I think Emir, to her, isn't really a father in any way. He hasn't really been a huge part of her life, at least directly. And when she meets him, he's just another person to add to the list of all these people in her life that have plans for her. In the game, Emir wants her to marry his general and then become the empress. In the books, Emir wants her to become his wife and have a child with him. So everyone she knows has plans for her and she rarely ever gets to decide for herself. It's interesting to think what sort of decisions she would make after she gained power as Empress of Nilfgaard or what sort of decisions she makes in some of the other endings in the game. Because I think ultimately this is a story of Ciri growing up, maturing, and choosing her own destiny. Yeah, and I thought that was the best thing that CDPR did with The Witcher, with The Witcher 3, was you don't realize it, I sure as hell didn't realize it, is throughout that game, your decisions will kind of decide her fate, but not really. Because at the end, she chooses to go after the White Frost. She chooses to go in there and try to do it. But you don't realize, okay, so I take it back to, I take Siri back to Emir, and he's like, oh, here's your gold. That if you accept that gold, she's hurt by it. And that puts her one step closer to literally killing her. Mm-hmm. Or simply the, the snow fight, when they have the snow fight. Or the one time, the one choice I picked wrong was in Avalok's office when she wants to blow off steam. And the correct decision is to let her just wreck the office and throw stuff everywhere. And so it's about those decisions. And I just love how that was a defining thing, was make sure she needs to do what she wants to do, let her live her life and define her destiny. And if you deny that, you're wrong and you will literally cause her death. Right. You will lose her. And I think that's the ultimate lesson for all of the people that want to control Siri, is if you try to control her too much, if you're Emir, if you're her true dad and you are overbearing and you control her life and you tell her what to do and you try to buy her off, She's going to storm the fuck out of your room and leave with Geralt. <laughs> and, the, and I do think a good thing about that was he didn't, he didn't stop her. I mean, he could have been, no, seize her, kill the Witcher. This is over. But he didn't. He, he let her go. That's true. And again, that leads back to the possible shred of humanity that Amir has. And ultimately, I think he also, in his own weird way, allowed Siri to make up her mind. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, maybe take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. And check out our subreddit at r slash lore party, where you can join in on the discussion. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.